0: I was talking to some guys the other night. You may be seated. I was talking to some guys the other night that had spent some time in prison. um, And they were asking me what's the key to getting out and staying out uh, and and really pursuing the the call of God. And um, I stressed to them the importance of finding a purpose, finding a reason for waking up in the morning. Uh, If you don't have a reason for getting up in the morning, then anything will do. So the devil's going to always be throwing stuff at you. Uh, and if you're willing and, and able to receive the things that he throws at you, then he'll throw them at you. Amen? Uh, so find a purpose. Find a reason. Um, if you can't find some big, majestic, grandiose thing, just grab a broom and start sweeping. The Lord will find you right there. Um, go grab onto one of these guys Run around here with ushering and, and, and help out there. you know, Just do something. Find some way to get involved. Find some way to commit. Because it's one thing to know biblical doctrine. It's one thing to know um, the way to salvation. Uh, but I know a lot of people in prison that know those things and it doesn't do them a bit of good. Because they get out of prison and they go right back. Because it doesn't have any tangible uh, aspects in their lives. And if we don't have tangible aspects in our lives then we have nothing to hold on to uh, which is why god didn't just sit in heaven and tell us how to do things uh, he did for a while but then he said this isn't working we got to put on flesh we got to come down we got to walk amongst them we got to dwell among them we got to show them uh, and that's where we meet the person of jesus christ you got to put you got to put feet on it everybody say put some feet on it my dad has a philosophy of ministry uh, I call it, and I'm just calling it this right now for the first time, and he's watching. He's going to call me, probably going to text me right now. Uh, it, the philosophy of ministry is, is get it, get, get born again, and then get your hands on something. And that's why the men's home and the women's home is so successful in Dallas and in Fort Worth and in Mountain Home and Jackson and, and fixing to be in Memphis. And, and this, this, this theory of ministry works. It's biblical. Uh, all you need to succeed in life is salvation. That's it. That's all you need. Uh, if you get born again of the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, lives inside of you, there's nothing you can't do. You've got the mind of Christ. You've got the, the, the heart of Christ. You've got everything you need. All you got to do once you have that is just find something and get your hands on it. And start working, and submit yourself to leadership, and and walk out the process of of, of living the life that God saved you so that you can live, uh, and it's a real thing, Amen. And so uh, I encourage everybody that's in the church here uh, find something to get involved in, find something to do. We got there's plenty stuff to do, plenty stuff to get involved in. With that, with with that, I'll segue into the announcement that I need to make, um, Pastor Zach. And Heather, who are the uh, youth pastors, are stepping down. They're not here this morning because Heather's not feeling good. Uh, we need to keep her lifted up. She's She's been experiencing some complications in her health, and so we continue to pray for her. Uh, but they're going to be stepping down from the youth pastor position, which means that we won't have a youth ministry. What does that mean for the kids that go to church here, uh, that you drag with you to church against their will? Just joking. Um I got a solution. That's my job. Come up with a solution. I am the youth pastor. Yay. And here's my philosophy for youth ministry. The same as it is for the men's home and the women's home and for the church. If you got kids or there's kids that come, plug them in with me, and I'm going to get them actively involved in doing things in the church through the process of that there will be discipleship that takes place there will be impartation there will be teaching uh but but it'll primarily be around getting them involved if you got kids or been around kids you know that when they get about 13 14 they get a little fidgety and want to start doing stuff uh one of the things that i have in mind is we're uh developing our media platform here and, and expanding our reach uh, through social media and through websites and things like that and so all the kids today love that stuff so uh, we got the equipment we got the stuff and so we're going to start um, putting that stuff together my friend Darius in the back is going to help me my friend Ben Munoz that was sitting right there I don't know where he went but he's, he's around here somewhere uh, he's going to help me out uh, Meredith is going to help me uh, and this is going to be a great deal. We're going to get the kids hands on. I was talking to Andrea about it, and she was saying that's what they do in Nicaragua, uh, and and I was there, and they've got a thriving youth ministry there. Uh, and so uh, I think it I think it'll be a good thing. Uh, and then we'll just see how the Lord leads us, see how it all all fleshes out. Amen. So uh, if you have kids uh, between the ages, I believe it's 11 and 18, let me know, and let's talk about it. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bible with you, turn with me to Romans chapter 14, Romans chapter 14. Thank you, Jesus. Today, I'm going to talk to you about kingdom living, living in the kingdom. This is going to be a very short and simple message that I have for you today. Um But I think that the Lord's going to give you something that you can take home and chew on. Amen. Romans chapter 14. And we're going to read verse 17. And then um, because that's the that's the key verse that we're going to be focusing on. But I'll give you a little context that way you know what's going on here. Amen. Does Everybody got it. For the kingdom of. God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So what we're dealing with here is a group of people who were so accustomed to their relationship with God being what you do, or how you act, or the rules that you follow, that it defined them. And it made, it made up the context of their relationship with God. Paul steps on the scene with this gospel that is by grace, that's through faith, and that you can't work your way into it, and that you're born again and in right standing with God simply because of faith. And from then on, you're free to do whatever you want, with the exception of sexual immorality, you know, murder, things like that. But, but for the most part, as far as eating, as far as observing feasts, those types of things. You can do whatever you want. But as, but the problem with that is that sometimes what one individual was free to do and felt the freedom and thought it was okay to do, it would be offensive to another individual who hadn't reached that level of freedom yet. And so it became a conflict. It became a problem. We see that today. One person thinks that you have to do X, Y, and Z. The other person thinks it's really not that big of a deal. And so it has the potential to cause conflict. A lot of people say, you know, our, our stance on, on drinking, social drinking as a church, is that we shouldn't do it here in the church. Primarily because my freedom could cause somebody else to stumble. If, if, if I think it's okay, and I'm drinking, and I can't see any reason why not to, then, then I should be able to do it, except for the fact that if my brother, who's a raging alcoholic that is really pursuing God and really trying to follow the Lord, sees me doing it, he could say, okay, well, it's okay for him. It's got to be okay for me. So because of that, as a body... As a group of people, we all stand together in solidarity that we as a church do not drink. We stand together for the people that are, are weak in that area. We bear, the, the, we bear one another's burdens. We bear with the scruples of the weak so that we could perfect the love of Jesus in our midst. You can say amen right now and that would be okay. And so, and so what Paul is saying here is that the, the kingdom of heaven isn't about what you eat or what you don't eat. It's not about what you do or what you don't do. The kingdom of heaven is about something much more than that. It's about, it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Lord, I pray right now, Lord God, that you would anoint this word and that you would speak to the hearts and the minds of your people, that they would ingest the reality of your goodness, and Lord, that it would change them from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. As, as all of you know, my older sister is working for Care Center now. Y'all say hi to Meredith. Since she's been working with Care Center, it's brought up a lot of memories, right? We, we grew up together. She was basically my mom when I was little, uh, and, and, and we, we, we had a wonderful childhood that was filled with lots of ups and downs, and it was exciting. But I was thinking last night about when I was in the third grade. She had to have been in the fourth or the fifth. Uh, we were on the way. We lived in East Dallas. We lived in a house on Eastside Avenue and behind Juliet Fowler. Uh, nursing home we were on the way home from school and she it was her and some of her friends and I was kind of the little brother just tagging along and 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 I remember hearing some cuss words and 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 I remember saying well I'm gonna cuss too and I know that sounds small but as I was praying last night and this morning, the Lord showed me specifically something happened inside of me that day I decided I was going to start cussing. I in my mind, subconsciously, I kind of owned the reality that I was a sinner. That there was there was there was there was actions to the already stated reality. Like like, like I'm cussing now. Like I'm saying the F-word. I'm saying the S word. I'm saying stuff that I know for a fact I'm not supposed to be saying. And when I get around my parents, I'm not going to say it. And when I get around the church people, I'm not going to say it. But when I get out here around in school and around my friends, boy, I'm going to let them rip. I'm going to exercise my freedom of speech, and I'm going to say cuss words. And it, it became this reality that, that began to because of my actions I began I began to realize the state of my nature I'll say that again because of my actions I began to realize the state of my nature and because I was young and stupid I continued down that path and then it was oh you're smoking cigarettes well I cuss I smoke I do it all come on let's go You drink, let's do that too. Let's smoke some weed. Let's do some drugs. Let's party. Let's do all the stuff that mom and dad said not to do. Because if I'm a sinner, hey, I'm a sinner. That's what sinners do. The reality is this, and this is what the Lord was showing me, is that we act on the outside based on what's real on the inside. Talked to a guy the other day that said, man, I've been, you know, he's a he, on fire for the Lord, always leading people to the Lord. He's an evangelist. He's always out. If he goes anywhere, he's trying to preach at somebody. Uh, but he can't quit smoking, and he's he's a, he smokes and he just puts it down. He gets rid of it, and it always finds a way back. Cigarettes, vape machines, and all that just haunt him. And no matter how hard he tries, and I said, I said, Kevin, if you were in a restaurant and they said smoking or non, which one would you say? He said, I'd say non smoking. And I said, so you're a non-smoker. Why do you continue to smoke? And the fact of the matter is that inside of his self, the way he viewed himself, the what was real inside of him was the fact that he was still a smoker. He was a smoker at his core. He hadn't been transformed. He hadn't been conveyed from smoking to non-smoking. He was still a smoker. And so therefore, he continued to smoke people relapse onto drugs and alcohol because they never convey from 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 addict to delivered they stay in this balance of, of i'm i'm an addict but i'm i'm fighting it and i'm staying sober i'm staying sober eventually what's on the inside is going to come out if you've got if you've got something on the inside of you it's going to come out regardless it's a it's a fact of the matter and so there's something that God has to do inside of us that transforms us from the inside, so that we can live it out on the outside. Somebody say, "Amen." And so, in the in the book of Romans, the guys they're so worried about what's going on on the outside, but Paul's saying, "Look, guys, this isn't about what's going on on the outside. This is about what's going on." On the inside. He took them from eating and drinking. The kingdom of heaven isn't about eating and drinking. The kingdom of heaven is about righteousness, peace, and joy. Well, you can't pick up righteousness, you can't pick up peace, and you can't pick up joy. It's intangible, it's invisible. And so the kingdom of heaven went from being something that was that was that was that was something that you do to something more that you are. It was an internal thing. And the key to kingdom living is to allow the truths of the kingdom to be become internal and not just external. Because if you walk and live and act like a Christian, but you're not spending time with the Lord, and God doesn't have a handle on your heart, and He's not the Lord of your life, if He's not your king, if He's not your master, then you're just doing external performance, and eventually that junk that's really in there is going to come out. That's why Jesus said, how could a bad tree bear good fruit? How could a good tree bear bad fruit? The tree bears fruit of itself. And so you can't change the fruit of the tree by, you know, up there on the branches. It happens at the root system. It happens at the root system. There's something that has to happen below the ground, below the surface that produces fruit on the surface, if you understand what I'm saying. And so he says, look, guys, the the kingdom of heaven isn't about these things that you're doing. Listen, listen, church, the kingdom of heaven isn't about the things that you're doing. You cannot work yourself to pleasing God. You can't do enough works to make yourself in any better relationship with God... Than you are. You can't put enough makeup on the, the 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 stuff that you've been through to make it go away. The only thing that can heal you from the past is the presence of God. The only thing that can transform you from a sinner to a saint is the power of God. The only thing that can take the brokenness in your life and turn it into prosperity, into wealth, into goodness is the power of God. The presence of God. And so doing the stuff without the heart being involved in it and attached to it is nothing but its foolishness. So we got to get involved at a heart level. That's why he says, he says the kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink. It's not what you do. It's not what you're eating. It's not what, it, what, it, what do we think when we think kingdom of heaven? We don't have the, 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 the culture that they had there. We got our own stuff that we bicker over. We got our own stuff that we use to def- define the kingdom of heaven. We got our own stuff that we do it with. And we need to wake up this morning and realize that the kingdom of heaven is not these things that we materialize and claim and label and make it what the kingdom of heaven is. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy. Righteousness, peace, and joy. What is righteousness? Righteousness is right standing before God. Sin is to do wrong. Sin is to, is to trespass. It's to step over the boundary. My dad and my mom laid a rule when I was in the third grade. And they said, here's the boundary. Here's not cussing and here's cussing. Don't go on the other side of the line. Do not cuss. And what did I do? I stepped on the other side of the line. Why? Because I'm a sinner. That's who I was. I didn't realize it because I was in the third grade. But what I what what happened when I when I when I did the action, it confirmed. Oh wow, I'm a I'm a sinner. That's who I am. Of course, I didn't use this words and this verbiage. I was in the third grade, but. But that's what was happening in retrospect as I'm pushing 40 right now. I'm looking back. That was a long time ago. I'm I'm starting to see my life through the Bible and I'm realizing what was happening. I was a sinner. And the fact of the matter is that we're all sinners. We're all born in sin. That's why it's so easy for every one of us to step over that line. That's why it's so easy for us to transgress. That's why it's so easy for us to break uh, fellowship with God. That's why it's so easy. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that we're at enmity with God. And there's, there's there's a conflict between us and God. But whenever we're born again, the Bible says that Jesus became sin so that we could become righteous. And so we go from being wrong to being right. Now listen, I know all of you. You can lie to each other if you want to. You can't lie to me. You love being right. Right? You seen the, you seen the t-shirt that says, uh, I'm not arguing. I'm just explaining why I'm right. That's all of you. And me too. No, no better feeling than to be right. And then even better is when, when I'm right and then you tell me I'm right. I'm telling you right now, especially when you were wrong and I was right, and then you concede to the fact that I'm right and then tell me I'm right. Come on. Vic, I won. I got that one. This happens with me and Kaylin all the time. She's always right and I'm always wrong. I always have to say, baby, you're right. You're right. You win this one. You're right and I'm wrong digress right quick. All the married people, right quick. I'm about to give you some marriage advice right now. You ready? Pastoral marriage advice. Write this down. Men, you're right, I'm wrong, and I'm sorry. Got it? You got that, Matt? You're right, I'm wrong, and I'm sorry. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So the fact of the matter is that we're wrong. We're dead wrong. In our nature, we're wrong. But whenever Jesus comes into our life, it makes us right. Now, I want I to you about, I talk to you about something right quick. I want to talk to you about confidence. How many of you struggle with confidence? You're just, just facing the day, doing a task, being asked to do something that you don't feel like you can do. Being, being called into a thing that, that you don't really feel like is, is your thing. Confidence is directly connected to righteousness. Let me tell you why. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah that Jesus clothes us with a robe of righteousness. Now take, take it. I wear a bathrobe at home. If you've ever been in my house, you know that. Take, it, take in a picture right quick that I was in that I was in my bathrobe right here but my bathrobe wasn't my little flannel bathrobe that probably needs a washing but but it was it was a it was a robe of righteousness it's like Joseph's coat of many colors it's a it's a it's a signet of of my father's blessing it's not something that I worked for it's not something that I earned it's something that was given to me By sheer grace and mercy from my Father. It's a blessing that He bestowed on me. Imagine the confidence that I would have if I could know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I have my Father's blessing and I have my Father's... I am in right standing before God. Imagine imagine that, not conceit, not arrogance, but confidence. You know why I stand before you right now and talk like I talk to you right now? Because I have confidence. You know why I have confidence? Because my father, who's sitting in Will's Point right now, recovering from a surgery, talked to me yesterday and said, son, you got my blessing. I want you to go there and stand before the people at Hilltop. And I want you to tell them what the Lord tells you. So I'm not to, I didn't earn this. I didn't work for this. This is something that was bestowed on me and given to me as a as a blessing from my father, from both from heaven and on earth. And so if you can walk through your life, if you can walk into a grocery store clothed in a robe of righteousness. I'm right. I li- I don't care what's going on around me. I'm right. I'm right before God. I'm I'm, I'm bathed in righteousness. It, 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 It makes up who I am. It's not, a, it's not an idea or a theory or something that I just ascribed to. It's a reality inside of me. And when I sit in my prayer closet in the morning, I allow the Holy Spirit to bear witness to that. And I allow the Holy Spirit to touch parts of my body that nothing else can touch. I allow the Holy Spirit to seep into the pores of my existence and to affirm and confirm the fact that I am right before God. And I don't care what anybody says about about me. I don't care how anybody thinks about me. I don't care how many people rise up against me. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that when I sit at the throne of my Father, when I come into the throne room of grace, I come in boldly because I'm right before Him, that I'm just before Him, that I've been forgiving and there's no wrongdoing inside of me, that I am clean and I am holy and I am righteous before God Almighty and I present myself to the world with that attitude not walk into any circumstance or any situation knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm righteous before God that's kingdom authority That's how the kingdom is advanced. The dominion of the king is advanced through individuals recognizing that they've been made right with God and they stand up clothed in a robe of righteousness with a signet ring with the fatted calf being killed and saying, I am my father's son and I stand in his authority and I am who he says that I am. And I don't care what's going on around me. I don't care if they fall to the left, if they fall to the right. It doesn't matter because I know who I am. Somebody say, Amen. It's an irreversible fact that if you're righteous, peace follows. If you're righteous, peace follows. You want peace in your life? Get yourself righteous. Peace hits three categories, three categories, peace with God, peace within yourself, and peace with others. So a lot of times we say we want peace, really we're we're saying what we want is we want peace with each other. I'm tired of the bickering, I'm tired of the arguing, I'm tired of people taking shots at me, I'm tired of, you know, just the drama, I'm tired of it, I can't do it no more. So I want peace, but what I'm saying is I want peace with others, but I haven't made peace with myself. I haven't made peace with myself because in the core of who I am, I'm not righteous. I'm at enmity with God. There's no peace between me and God. I can't stand up before God and be righteous and blameless and clothed with the robe of righteousness because I'm at enmity with Him. And if there's, if there's, if there's, if there's selfishness and self-seeking and works of the flesh then strife and envy are right there. And when I'm not walking with God, I'm bickering and fighting with people. And so it's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus that puts us at peace with God. That brings us into a place with God where there's peace between us. I'm not fighting against God anymore. I'm not, I'm not bucking against the authority of my Lord anymore. I don't hate God anymore. My mind, the Bible says in, in the book of Romans chapter 5, verse 8, is that, is that our minds are at enmity with God. The natural mind is at enmity with God. That's why when you first start coming around church, when you first start getting involved in, in, in Christianity, you first start getting exposed to the things of the Spirit, there's a little tingling of, of interest in there. There's a little, there's a little flurry of interest. There's something that says, "Wow, that's that's attractive." That's because eternity's in the heart of man. You've got a, you've got a desire, so you begin to seek after it, but then you start seeing things that you can't wrap your mind around. Anybody? I can give you some examples. Your heart is being drawn by this invisible thing. And for some odd reason, I'm, I'm t- going to it because I feel it might be the Lord. It might be the Holy Spirit. But then every time I go, they ask for money. I can't wrap my mind around that. That's a foreign concept. I don't get it. Why do I have to give money? The reason why is because the things of the Spirit are foolishness to the carnal mind. And there's a, there's a natural way of thinking That's at enmity with the Spirit, which means they're enemies. There's no peace. But the peace is, 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 is released whenever we surrender and we subject our mind to the Spirit and we allow the Spirit to take authority in our lives and we obey in the Spirit, then what happens is that there's a peace that's released. It's a peace between God and me. It's a peace within myself. I have peace. Anybody ever? No, I have peace. I've got to make a big decision. I've prayed about it. Because I'm okay with God, We're right. I'm right before God. I prayed about it, and I'm okay with God. Now that I'm okay with God, I'm okay with myself. I'm good here. I have peace here. Now I can go out, and I can make this decision that can affect people around me, and there can be peace there because God is the God of peace. And you can't have peace without order. And sometimes there's, there's, there's troubles that have to go. I want to say a couple things about peace because Jesus was the prince of peace. He still is. He's the prince of peace. He's the prince of peace. He's the one that when he steps into the room, peace steps into the room. The same Jesus said, I did not come to bring peace but a sword. And that's where we see the difference between individual or social, you can call it, Peace, individual peace, and peace with God. Jesus is the prince of peace that comes to bring peace between us and God. He abolishes the enmity between us and God, right? He takes the, he takes the conflict between God and man, and he bore it on the cross. He took the punishment. He took the, he took the wrath of God on his body on the cross. He was beaten because God poured out his wrath on him on the cross. Abolishing the enmity between God and man. But whenever whenever man submits to the Prince of Peace, and he, he, he gets in right standing before God, and he steps into a place of peace between him and God, well, there's some things that need to align within himself. There's some peace that needs to be made within himself. Now his his natural carnal mind that I'm talking about tells him, you know, don't go to church or don't give or don't serve or don't, you know, read your Bible or don't pray in the morning. Don't do any of these things. Carnal mind, flesh is saying to do that. But the spirit is right there. And when he submits to the spirit, that's when the Prince of Peace rules not only between his relationship between God and man, but the Prince of Peace rules inside of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so there's a place of peace that we can have whenever we have relationship with God when we allow God to rule our lives. When we're continually fighting with God over rulership of our inner man, then we can never experience peace in the inner man. Therefore, we can never experience peace with other people. Which is why Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace but bring a sword. He's talking about inner family person uh, relationships. He's talking about families that are like, hey man, don't do that Jesus thing, come follow me. And you can only serve one master. You can't serve God, and there's something more important than family. There's something more important than the people that you're related to. There's an eternity. The Bible says that life is but a vapor. And you're only going to be alive for a little while. And what you do for the rest of eternity is determined by what you do with this short time span right here. I guarantee you when I'm standing in the presence of God, the last thing I'm going to be thinking about is my family. Family is something that we get to enjoy right here and right now. When we're in eternity, they're there with us. If they're saved, they're there with us. But we're not worried about each other. We're focused on the King. We're in awe of His splendor and majesty. We're with the angels. We're just crying out, holy, 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 holy. We're not worried about what's going on to the left or to the right. I'm not trying to catch up on old times with my buddy or with my sister or with my wife or with my kids. I'm focused on the King Jesus that's majestic and majesty sitting before me and just crying out with the angels, holy, 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 all day and all night. But there's so much attention and we put so much focus on on this little time frame that we have. And it's a vapor. That's why Jesus says that I am the Prince of Peace, but I didn't come to bring peace. I'll paraphrase right here, my translation. You can stone me later. I'm the Prince of Peace, but I didn't come to bring peace right here. I didn't come to bring peace right here. As a matter of fact, if I'm on the scene, there's going to be some sword action right here. Because there's something more important than right here. It's called eternity. It's called being in the presence of our Creator that fashioned us in His, in His image and created us for His purpose. Can you all wrap your minds around this this morning? Is this, is I, I said this, I told Kaylin this last night when I left the house to go to the office. I said, I'm going to keep it real light. So I want this to be light and very easy to ingest and to hear. But I just told you that your family's not nearly as important as you think it is. And so I know that could be very uh, heavy subject right there. And the fact of the matter is that if we want peace here, we gotta make peace there. It's just like it's just like, look, if if I if I unbutton, I'm not gonna do it because I got a mic in my hand, but if I unbutton my shirt and button my buttons up and I started at the top and I did this button right there, then what would happen down here? The whole shirt would be off. Why? Because where you start up here, if you ever played golf, you know that it doesn't matter what happens out there. Only thing that matters is what happens right here. How you hit that ball right there is going to determine whether it goes that way, that way, that way, or that way. If you play with me, it's going to go that way. And so when, when we think about peace, how many of you want peace in your life? If you want peace in your life, start first with peace between God. In your relationship with God, clothe yourself in His righteousness. Get yourself in a place where you're confident in who you are in Him and walk in the righteousness and have that peace between you and Him so that so that you can know who you are and where you're supposed to be. And then that'll that'll generate a peace within yourself. You'll be at peace with yourself and you look at yourself and you're Hey, I actually kind of like this guy. Pretty cool dude right there. Hey, I like me. Don't you like me? Oh you don't like me? That's cool. I still like me. Bye. Bye Felicia. And then when you when you do that sometimes there is there is cutting off. Trust me, I've been in the ministry long enough to know that. Sometimes there's there's relational stuff. When you follow after Jesus, he's testing that stuff all the time. He's cutting stuff and moving stuff and calling people in other places and you know. Told Abraham, "Hey man, take your son, take him up top. Chop him up." Let's make a sacrifice. And Abraham said, well, all right, Lord, he's yours. Abraham was at peace with God. He was at peace with himself. And so, therefore, he could walk out the call of God. And thank God that God proved to Abraham that he wasn't like the other things that people worship. Because in those days, people could sacrifice their kids. God was proving to Abraham and to us that he's not like everybody else. He's a good God. He's not good. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to ask you to kill your kid. I'm going to kill my kid. I'm going I'm to show you that I'm not like everybody else. Another subject. We'll go there later. How many of you want to be happy? Everybody raise your hand. I know you want to be happy. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I know we have this teaching in the church that we don't care about happiness. We only want joy. But the Greek uh, puts the two very closely together, uh, which is the language that the New Testament was translated from. Joy is something that is just like righteousness and peace that is imputed into you, same way you put money in your bank account, it's 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 deposited into you, from a source greater than yourself. It's in the, the the early church fathers call it an an alien thing that would come in from the outside in, like aliens would invade Earth. It's this it's this external thing that invades uh, the your 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 makeup of who you are, not just your body, but also your soul and your spirit. It's a it's a thing that God imputes into you. He ingests it into you. He 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 puts it in you. And when he puts it in you, it's there eternally. And it's, 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 it's where God shows the world around you that he's in you. When you have joy. So there's righteousness, right standing before God. There's peace that you have whenever you're in right standing before God. And this beautiful relationship with him that, 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 that disposes of the enmity between you and God. And then it transposes itself into the people around you. And then whenever that happens, what you have is a thing called joy. We all want to be happy. We all want to have joy. And joy is something that you can't attain. You can't work yourself into joy. Just like you can't work yourself into righteousness. You can't work yourself into being joyful. Joyful is something that is imputed into you by the Holy Spirit. It is a fruit of the Spirit. And when you walk in the Spirit... You have the fruit of the Spirit. And so it's the joy of the Lord that is our strength, right? It's the joy of the Lord that is our that, that 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 gives us the ability to go through the things that He's called us to go through. It's in the presence of the Lord that there's the fullness of joy. Joy is an inheritance, it's a gift, it's a fruit of the spirit. And so, therefore, it is imperative that we as Christians walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Can we get in agreement around that statement? We need to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. We need to wake up in the morning and we need to spend time with the Lord and we need to allow the realities that God is for us and that we are His children to seep into the inner core of ourselves And then we need to go out into life and we need to walk in the spirit. And if we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But if we walk in the flesh, then we will fulfill the lust of the spirit. And whatever we deposit into, the Bible says in Romans chapter 6, that whoever you submit yourself to as slaves to obey, you are that one slave to obey. In other words, you belong to whoever you give yourself to. If you want to be a man of righteousness and a man of peace and a man of joy, then give yourself to the Spirit. If you want to be a man of destruction, if you want to be a man of death, if you want to be a man of destruction and all that, all that negativity that comes along with that, then sow yourself to the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. There's this enmity that's going on inside of you, and the only way to find peace in that battle is through finding peace with God. I'll say that again. The only way to find peace within the battle that's inside of you is to find peace with God. it's the it's the flesh that lusts against the spirit and the spirit that lusts against the flesh it's the it's the carnal mind that's at enmity with god and so we have to we have to follow god everybody say follow god, follow god. don't follow the flesh we follow after god because the the things that the flesh and the spirit are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish how many of you ever heard you should just do whatever you want it's, personally, that's my favorite saying. Do whatever you want. Probably not good advice, but the Bible says right here that you should obey the Spirit so that you don't do the things that you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now, And then it goes on to talk about the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. So wrapping this thing up. Living the life that God created you to live. Not only created you but redeemed you for a purpose, for a reason. God loves you, got a plan for your life. And God wants to glorify Himself through your life. And so He's 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 strategically placing you around people and around and circumstances. And just like Pastor Dorothea was talking about the Widow and, and Elijah were in separate places and then they came together and it's just the tapestry of God. It's all, it's all working together. There's people that are going to cross your path that are going to need to see the kingdom of God. And you can't wake up on one morning and say, you know what? Kingdom of God. I got it right here. I'm going to walk around with the kingdom of God. Hey man, you see this? Kingdom of God. No, it's an internal thing. It's an internal thing that comes by the Spirit. It's the Spirit Of adoption inside of you that cries out. It's a it's a spiritual thing that that takes up residence inside of you and it changes you from being a sinner to being a saint. Y'all stand with me this morning. Thank you, Jesus. How many of you needed this word that I preached to you this morning? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, I'm, I'm a firm believer. and Come on, Trev. I'm a firm believer in, uh, I don't think, I don't see it anywhere in the Bible where the Spirit does something and it doesn't manifest in the flesh. Jesus himself was Spirit, then he became flesh. Everywhere there's a move of the Spirit, it manifests in the flesh. And so if the Spirit of God is speaking to you this day, today, real quick, I want you to come down to the front and just stand right here along the front as a physical response to a spiritual reality, affirming, God, you are talking to me. And God, not only are you talking to me, but I'm also listening, and I'm willing to respond with action. Because just like my friends in prison. They hear the word, and they ingest the word, but they don't respond with action, and so there's never change. That's why we have recidivism. And some of you today... I'll say this prophetically this morning from the Lord. Some of you this morning have, have, have been subject to spiritual recidivism. You know what that means? You just keep going back. Ping pong ball. Keep going back. God does something, respond, do good for a little bit, and go back. And today is the day where that's over. Today, you go from smoking to non smoking. Right now, in this altar, you're going to go from being a sinner to being a saint. And it's not just going to be an idea that takes up residence in your brain for a couple hours, it's going to be something that rests in the seat of your being. A supernatural transformation that changes you. Just like Jesus was dead, and then the Spirit of God came, and He was alive the same way right now you're one way something's going to happen whenever we pray and you're going to be different immediately no more in and out no more back and forth as of today the old things are dead and from today on all things become new so all across right here bow your head and close your eyes Father in the name of Jesus could I have the prayer team come up and just help me pray, pray for these people? I really feel like we're supposed to lay hands on these folks today. This is a good good opportunity. Go ahead, Kendi. Take care. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up these ones that are here in the front, Lord God. Father, we lift them up to you, Lord God, and we pray in Jesus' name that you would do what only you can do, God. Lord, we pray, Lord God, that today would be a day of salvation. Lord, that yesterday would be gone and that tomorrow would 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 define the future. Lord that from day on from today on Lord God there's no more going back. There's no more double mindedness. There's no more wrestling back and forth. There's no more there's no more wishy-washy. There's there's solid confidence, Lord God. Bold righteousness, Lord God. Father that there would be a seed that's planted today, Lord God. That there would be a transformation that would take place today, Lord God. That would never be compromised. That would never be changed. That would never be Uh, diluted, Lord God, that it would be solid, etched in stone today, Lord God. Lord, just like it was for me 10 years ago. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you, Lord God, would do what only you can do. Lord, that you would take away every fear. Lord, that you would take away every doubt. That you would take away second guessing. That you would take away uh, the things from the past that pull at her attention, Lord God. Lord God, that you would captivate her attention early in the morning, even before the sun comes up. Lord God, that you would captivate her attention today, God. Lord, that you would be the center of her world, Lord God. And every single thing else would rotate around it. In Jesus' name. Father, we pray in your name, God. Lord, that you would move today, Lord Jesus. Lord, you're doing something in the hearts of your people today, God. Lord, we affirm that today, Lord God. We get in agreement with it today. And Lord, we break off every spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we break off every fear spirit of timidity right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we break off every spirit of depression right now in Jesus' name. Father, we pray that you would release love, power, and a sound mind right now in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit today, God. Now, everybody in the front, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Lord, Jesus, you're my master. I admit that I'm a sinner. And even though I might have prayed this prayer before, I keep going back and forth. And I'm tired of it. And so Lord, take my best efforts and do whatever you want to with them. Because this morning, I need you to do something that I can't do. I come before you broken. I come before you humble. I come before you desperate. In need of something different than what I've had before. Father, I pray in your name (laughs) <laughs> that you would do today, right now, something that would last forever. I look forward to the day that I stand in your presence and you say, Good and well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. you can make your way back to your seats thank you lord so excited for what the lord has done this morning i'm 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 just looking out right here at, at the at the at the troops the lord is raising up an army to transform a culture to look just like heaven it starts right here in this place thank you jesus before we leave this place today, I want to reiterate what Pastor Dorothea has already talked about. The Thanksgiving outreach is coming up. We're gearing up. We need everybody to be in prayer because, as you know, there's a supply shortage. Uh, there's a there's a shortage on supplies. Uh, the cheapest we could get all the turkeys was forty or thirty. Roughly twenty-seven thousand dollars. Twenty-seven thousand dollars. I know you're like, "Wow, that could pay off my car. That could buy me a house. That could couldn't buy you a house." But um, you know that that's a lot of money. Well, listen, it's not a lot for God. And so I want you to take that home and pray on it. We need to pray together. If you want to give, give. But but pray. Pray, because the fervent, effective prayers of a righteous we just learned about righteousness approach the throne of God why? so that we can have a bunch of turkeys? no, so that the people that are sitting in the worst neighborhood in Dallas the highest crime rate the highest murder rate people sitting around us in poverty and addiction can have somebody knock on their door and bless them with something that they don't, because if the prices are that high you know people that are poor can't afford it so and so we're going to do what they can't do we're gonna knock on their door and say jesus loves you we're going to bring the light of eternity the kingdom of god in addition to that uh pastor dorothea mentioned it our partner churches are partnering and doing food drives we need to we need to step up our game on the food drive amen That's, that's what i'm asking for our church to do specifically stovetop turkey uh Dressing, is that dressing? Stuffing, dressing, whatever you call it, I always get confused. I don't know if there's any difference. And this here, cranberry sauce. We need those things. 1,500. And so let's step up to the plate. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Have a great day. Lord, I pray that you'd seal every act of the spirit that's been done here today, Lord God. Father, I pray that you would do uh, continually what you've started here today. Watch over your word, God. Watch over your word. Watch over your word to complete it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Y'all be blessed. Have a great day.